Welcome to Wheel to Wheel F1. I'm Noah Hicks, joined by Tanner Hicks and Lance Ellington. And today we're going to be doing the Australian Grand Prix race preview. Just like all of our other race previews, we'll be bringing our kind of storylines going into the race. We'll, Tanner will bring us some interesting facts as two truths and a lie. We're one and one right now, Lance and I against Tanner. So so hopefully we'll keep up our momentum from last week. We'll also get a weather forecast from Tundra Tanner. Oh my God. And then and, and then after that, Lance Big Bookie Ellington is going to lead us in, in some betting props. We're going to pick our F1 wheel-to-wheel bet of the week. And then finally, we're going to finish it up with some podium predictions, letting the people know what we think is going to happen here in Melbourne this coming week. So... Let, let's just uh let's kick it off tanner what do you what are you looking for this this race well first up? first i want to hit on your your new nickname for me tundra tanner um one of these days our huge following is going to manifest one of these nicknames that you're making for me and it's going to become my identity on in social media and i'm praying that it's not tundra tanner um well okay, i'm, I'm so, down for something else well it's been three races and and three different nicknames, if I'm not mistaken. I'm even more curious how long this can this can keep going. You know, I think we have what 23 races this year. Do we come out with 23 different nicknames? I mean, what's the over under on this? That's the goal, man. I mean, you got to think about all all the weather related words that are out there, and how many start with T and H. That that's that's probably the maximum, right? That right there. Um, yeah, I mean. What, what do you like so far, Tanner? We, we've got Tanner the Heat Hicks. We've got Tanner Temperature Hicks. We've got Tundra Tanner. Personally, I kind of like this new Tundra Tanner feel. It, 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 it rolled off the tongue pretty well. You know, the sky's the limit for you, Noah. I'm not going to place any tabs, place any limits on your creativity. I'm going to let you uh, go for broke with it all. I, I think I'm yet to see my favorite, though. I, I think we're going to get there in the 23 races so i'm i'm optimistic for you i'm glad you have confidence in me uh i gotta have something in you um i'm gonna edit that out oh, <laughs> oh my god oh oh i'm gonna i'm gonna edit that uh, out oh keep it in keep it in editing <laughs> tanner editing tanner keep it in but anyway how, how are you guys doing i mean we didn't have any racing this past week how's everyone feeling formula one right now you know we've had a week to digest what happened in the first two races of the season what are you thinking oh no what are you where are you at with the with the sport and everything and with the season you know where I'm at right now is obviously I'm over the moon excited for this season coming up as a Ferrari fan, as a Charles Leclerc fan, I think we're in a great spot, but I'm kind of curious. I, I expect Mercedes, even though I said they were destined for third, I expect them to figure it out at some point, but I just don't know when. So I don't know if it's this week after they had a bye week to, to answer some questions that they had or if it'll be later on, maybe the, the summer break, but that's kind of my big thing. It's, it's when, when is Mercedes going to figure it out? So, well, I'll say this much. I mean, we saw them fix Lewis's car after the disaster that was qualifying in Jeddah, and at least put him back in what was probably the same specs as the, as what they had on George's car and for the race. So I expect them to be you know, not having to be worrying about going out in P2 or, or Q2 or Q3. Uh, but we'll see. I think that's one of the biggest storylines. I don't think we'll see much changing at the top. So I'm not as focused on those two. I guess one of the biggest ones that I'm looking forward to, maybe this is misplaced because of their performance so far, is this is going to be Sebastian Vettel's first race this season, finally coming back from COVID and getting into the fray. So Although he's not going to be in a great car, I'm excited to at least see him back on the grid uh, after his bout with COVID. No, yeah, that's fair. I like both what you guys have talked about. I would say one thing I'm looking forward to here in Australia through the first two races, I would say the regulations, the new regulations and the new cars have definitely worked. I'd say we have a lot more competitive racing throughout the grid and throughout the race, you know. Each race has kind of come down to the final lap, even regardless of engine issues, I would say. It looked like both were trending that way. 
And so I'm excited to see if that momentum for the sport can kind of carry over into Australia, as well as with this first break, see what changes could be made or if any at all have been made for some of these teams that we do see struggling, like Mercedes not at the top, a McLaren being towards the bottom of the midfield, you know, Aston Martin, definitely not where they want to be, particularly without Vettel. Does that make a difference, him coming back? So I'm just excited to see what strides have been made and get back to some competitive racing. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it's been two years now since being in Australia, maybe through all the COVID. So a return home for the boy Danny Ricardo, and excited to see how he can be and how he can do. So yeah, it should be a fun time though uh, in the down under in Australia. <laughs> It should be great outback, right? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, or hopefully, we see some some kangaroos and some some dingoes coming into the the background of the race. (laughs) I don't know. Dingoes and roos helping helping Danny Ricardo to win the race. Thank you, Noah. Thank you, Noah. That's what we (laughs) have here for. Got to bring in the accent. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, But yeah, I'm excited to see Daniel Ricardo back at his home race. I know he's excited. One of the other bigger storylines that I forgot to mention a minute ago, that's, you know, I don't want to bring up, but it's important is this season, the change was made to allow before penalty penalties to allow teams to have a total of three power units for the entire year. Fernando Alonso going into the third race of the season will be on his third power unit. He had his, he had it replaced after race one. It just wasn't very strong. That one is still theoretically usable. They haven't trashed it yet. The one that they had in Jetta, blue, that one's done for. They can't use that again. And so they're using an entirely new power unit here in Australia. Hopefully this one doesn't blow anytime soon. Hopefully they can salvage uh, the first one before they start taking penalties with it. Uh, but that's going to be another big storyline. Alonzo's going to have to make sure he doesn't go out there and risk another, risk more problems with his car. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see, to say the least. Nando's in the mud. Nando's El, El Payne. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> El Payne, exactly. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he can he can get more out of that first first engine that that still has some life in it. So we'll we'll see what it ends up being. I mean, we saw a lot of teams go over that cap last year, and in the grand scheme of things, it didn't really hurt them that much. So we'll we'll, we'll see how it ends up, especially knowing that Alpine's got a lot of power in there in their engine with that that Renault engine uh, as long as it can finish the race it, it should be uh able to sp- score some points no and uh thinking about it now through the first two races and thinking about Alonso how he wasn't able to finish it Jetta because of the power unit I think we've had only 10 drivers maybe there's some overlap I'm trying to think but about 10 drivers have only completed one race even though we've had two races we had three guys go out in the first race And if I'm not mistaken, they all finished in the second race. And then we have seven guys not complete at Jeddah. So that's a pretty fun fact, unless I'm miscounting here, guys. Only 50% have completed both races. That's insane. That's wild. I wish I thought about that for two truths and a lie. That would have been a really fun fact. But yeah, I thought about this on the spot, man. I didn't this is didn't see it on Reddit or Twitter. I wish I would have put it out on Twitter or something. I haven't seen this yet. Only 50%. That's crazy. That's unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, with these this car reliability affecting literally everyone, barring the Ferraris, uh, for the most part, it's been a wild ride for all of these teams. I'm just praying that at least for Alpine, they don't have to worry about a ton. Alcon's still on his first engine. That that's that warms my heart. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if teams, I guess, have a better wrap on it all coming into this third race. Finally, get a a week break after racing in Jeddah. So they had some time to, to fix things that were a problem and hopefully they should have it figured out coming into Melbourne. Yeah, no, definitely be interesting to see what fixes have uh, taken hold and, and whatnot. You know, I'm sure Mercedes will come out with a little different package, but probably won't be reverting to what Hamilton uh, had in quality back in Jeddah. But I tell you what, as, um, as Americans here of the fan of the sport, it's going to be a tough race to watch kind of deal. I mean, Quali's sitting here, I think, East Coast time in America, so New York time. It's going to be 2 to 3 a.m. 
And then the race is going to be 1 a.m. Sunday morning. So that's just a really tough stretch. I know I've seen some memes about those in Europe having rough times at like 7 a.m., 8 a.m. or something for their race. But that's normal. You know, that's kind of a normal time here in America. The race is usually 8, 10 a.m., you know, in that start time. But this is going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, I also also, also regret to inform y'all I won't be able to make the the race reaction after, after this, after this upcoming race, I'll be busy that weekend. So, uh, won't, won't be able to jump on unless it's for a quick cameo. So we'll, we'll see if we do something like that, but, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep you all in my, in my heart and mind. So (laughs) (laughs) nobody feel too bad for him though. He'll be having a good time out on the slopes if I'm not mistaken. So no worries there. Just wanted to keep that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Noah. We know, we know you'll be skiing while while we're faithfully upholding our podcast. But we appreciate you. We uh we hope you enjoy this break, and we're definitely gonna th- hold the house, hold the hold the wall, hold the door while you're gone. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh getting another race reaction under our belt. Yeah, no, agree. Everything fall apart. Hey, I'm saying if you're listening to our race preview for this upcoming race in Australia, please listen to the race review. Uh, it'll come out on Sunday and boost those numbers up so Noah can know he missed out on a thriving episode. <laughs> That'll really hurt everybody. I mean, I would love you to listen to, <laughs> to all of our episodes, but but if our if the one that I miss has has all the viewers, that's really going to say something. So. Yeah. I mean, if, if all you're, if you're all you're wanting out of this is you want more Lance and more Tanner in your podcast and a little bit less Noah, then yeah, listen to her race reaction. You'll love it. <laughs> Australia. This is for you. <laughs> said with love, said with love. Oh no. I'm, I'm so excited for this race. One week break felt like way too long for me and I can't wait to get back into the thick of things. No, agreed. I mean, we again, as we've said over and over through the episodes so far to start the season, it's been really good racing, and I'm excited to see teams throughout the grid, you know, starting with the battle at the top and Ferrari and Red Bull picking up where they left off, and then just going down the list, you know, seeing how Mercedes can do, seeing Alpine, Haas, Alphatari, Alfa Romeo, or should I just say Botas, all up there in the midfield battle, maybe McLaren making a push. It should be quite exciting. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And I, I think we've, we've covered kind of the, the, the rough and dirty of, of storylines. I don't, I don't, I haven't seen anything really popping out yet. I mean, this is early in the week every for everybody who's listening. It's, it's Monday here. So any, any gossip that's come out on Tuesday or Wednesday, we haven't heard yet. So, so, so all we've got is kind of what we expect to, to go into the, the race, but, but building on that, I think Tanner, I think you need to lead us in some, some trivia, some, a little, little quiz, quizaroo. All right. All right. I'm excited for this two truths and a lie. I'm not confident. I think you guys are going to get me, uh, but that's okay because I, I'm, I like all three of these facts. I think they're all interesting. We didn't race here last year so or the year before, so I'm having to change pace a little bit. I didn't get anything from previously in the season. So this is, this is all history. So a little bit of a blank slate talking to us, uh, us new F1 fans. So I'm counting on you guys to catch me out because I kind of think you will. All right. So diving into it. First fact, Lewis Hamilton has gained pole position in each of the last six times they raced here going back to 2014. All right. Next one. Daniel Ricardo is the only Australian driver ever to podium here in Melbourne at Albert Park. And last fact, Kevin Magnuson had his best ever race result here in 2014. That was his first year in Formula One, grabbing P2 at this race with McLaren. Those are my facts. Go. Hmm. I, I don't like it. I, hmm. I don't That's like good. it. I think Lewis is true. Yeah, I know one of them is true. I think I might keep it to myself 
this time after Tanner criticized me for always. Oh, no, 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 no. If you guys want to, if you guys want to take the reins, you want to agree that all power to you. We're, we're here to facilitate discussion. No, I want to hear your points. Okay. Lance, the Lewis fact is true. Yeah. I posted yeah. on Reddit earlier today. Can oh, I didn't confirm. even see it on Reddit. Can I pulled, confirm. I pulled that from a past fact. Wow. Well, Reddit you know what? I, this for me. I, your your boy Bookie Ellington put in some research this week when it comes to the bet. So a little bit of a preview, Ooh. but I do know that uh that Hamilton has been pretty good here when it comes to getting pole position. All right. It's not what so, we're betting, but I'm just I did some research, so that's how I do know that one's true. So we're down to Magnuson. Best ever result 2014 P2. Made in a lot yet. of specific lot of specific things there. Other one is Daniel Ricardo is the only Australian to ever podium here at Albert Park. Is that what it was? That's correct. So, mm. first of all, are there any other Australians that you can think of? Is the Lance, you know, is Mark Webber Australian? I I'm trying to think through. Because they have like the, the Australian flag, unless I'm mistaken, they have like the UK flag in the corner. Yeah. Right. Kind and of. So yeah, Union just, Jack, yeah. I mean, kind of, right? Yeah, Union Jack. And so I'm trying to remember when I looked next to the drivers, you know, they always have the flag on the site. And I just, I don't know. Noah, I'm going to go ahead and answer it for you just because I, I appreciate the fact that you found it. Mark Weber is australian is he wow that was, i kind of pulled that out of my ass i'll I'm take proud it of you i had to give it to you thank you uh so mark weber's australian he raced for red bull along with seb vettel in the early 2010s so that so that opens a can of worms in that he was in a competitive car in a pretty competitive field i'll add Tanner also specified Albert Park. I don't know how long they've raced at Albert Park for the Australian Grand Prix. Albert Park, they've, and I I can tell you that, they've raced at Albert Park since 1994, I think. Six. Oh, I, hmm. I don't know. I like, I like the, I like the Danny Ricardo effect. I think that's a fun fact if it is true. Like, it's really fun. That the idea that he's kind of, you know, that kind of builds into his story. Isn't it still fun if there are only two, though? Yeah, that's but... That's what he could have found. Okay, so there's that. But then there's there's Kevin Magnuson. A lot of specifics there. Kevin, P3. No, 2014. P2. P, yeah, P2. Made in year. Made in year with McLaren, I want to say. Yep. Made in year 2014. At Albert Park. So one thing we know is that when Tanner is researching these facts, right? Mm-hmm. He's not going to pull a Kevin Magnuson highest position made in year 2014 out of, out of nowhere. So what, what, what I'm expecting, oh, it could be his debut race was there. And he didn't even it was podium. It was his debut race. Oh, you shouldn't have told me that. I'm totally guessing this now. I'm just giving you all the facts. Yeah, it was the debut race. They used Melbourne as the as the first race a lot of seasons. One of the ones mm-hmm. I considered, this is only the second time they're ever racing in Melbourne in April, I believe. I think second. It might be third or fourth, but I thought that was interesting. But that didn't want to different didn't want to make you guys mad with that fact. Good old, good old Albert Park. You know, I'd like to think again. I don't I think I have my mind made up, right? I don't know where I'm trying to think about where McLaren was at in the 2014 season, and were they sticking their car up at up at P2 to start the season? Was that the case? Because you gotta gotta put that into play too, then, right? It's not just Kevin Magnuson getting it; it's McLaren having that car at the start of the season in 2014, and then definitely makes sense. You know, Ricardo's definitely podium. I believe at Albert Park before, but is he the only Aussie? Is then the is the mix up? Those are kind of my two two sticking points that I'm trying to decide on. Me too. You said this is a layup, Tanner. This one, this one is kind of tough. You're right. I I think I got my mind made up. 
And I will let, I, I I'll think, let Noah go first this time. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with the Kevin Magnuson one. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Kevin Magnuson one. Lance? I'm going to go with the Kevin Magnuson one. Not because it's too specific. That's just, I don't, that's really, that's, I don't know. That's tough to think about. Well, boys, in our third race preview, in the third race of this 2022 Formula One season, on this edition of Two Truths and a Lie, you are both wrong. I got you guys. Wow. I didn't think I was going to get you guys with that. Yes, Kevin Magnuson, P2 in his first ever race in Formula One with McLaren here at Albert Park. Amazing result. Kevin Magnuson has been really good here when his car hasn't screwed himself up and had to retire because of that. I like Kevin Magnuson this week. He likes Albert Park. He is very good here. The interesting thing, and this is why I thought you guys would guess the Australia one, because that was the lie. Daniel Ricciardo has never podiumed here. Mark Webber has also never podiumed here. No Australian driver has ever podiumed here at Albert Park. And so I thought you guys would get me because you would have thought that Mark Webber has also podiumed here. Instead, it was a different lie. It was that no Australian driver has ever podiumed here. So I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you guys didn't get it, but I definitely took some credit away from you guys in saying that this was an easy one because this is a, these are some, some long time ago history facts. I'm big sad. Ugh, 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 ugh. Uh, I'm big sad. Uh, well, well, that was that good, hurts. Tanner. Get, I got to give you your props. That those were good. I hope the listeners took a pause or thought through it, and hopefully did better than knowing I did this time. I you hope y'all are three keep, and know. Keep track of your records. Let us know. Give us a shout. How are you doing against Tanner on these two truths and a lie? He's putting in some research and he's he's laying them up for us. Yeah, and on top of that, if, if y'all have two truths and a lie you'd like to send our way, feel free to email us, tweet at us, tell tell us what your two truths and a lie are, and and maybe you, you can we can use those, and maybe we can catch Tanner off guard. Maybe yeah, near Lance, maybe you or I could read them off and see if Tanner gets it wrong. We so. can't we can't let me be the only one getting the glory out of this. I mean, you guys got to stop. You know what? I like that. I like that. If any of the listeners out there have some, you know, there's, there's a few different ways you can get in touch with us. Message us through Anchor, email us, tweet at us, and and we'll play them back to, to Tanner and see how he does, how he can handle whatever two truths and a lot you guys come up with. But anyway, I think we can go ahead and throw it to, a, to our weatherman, right? Tundra Tanner. Yeah, I'm, Boots I'm, on the ground. Boots on the ground, touching the pavement, feeling the bumps, walking along the curves. I'm hitting the apex on my bike going around this track. And you know what, boys? Come race time, no, it's not going to be raining. No, it's not going to be super cloudy. This is just going to be a normal day in Australia. This isn't anything that we're going to have to worry about too much. There was a lot of concern slash intrigue, not always concerned because sometimes it's fun, that there was going to be rain here this weekend. Instead, it's looking like it's going to hit early. It's going to rain there, I believe, from Tuesday to Thursday. And then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it should be clear. And we should see some, some clean racing with it all. So if anybody was hoping for some, some craziness uh, in a wet race here in Melbourne, I don't think we're going to get it. We'll have to wait for, for Spa or somewhere like that where it's going gonna, it's gonna to really come into play. Seattle, they should add a track at Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> it's nearly guaranteed, right? Sounds like the koalas and the kangaroos will be out and about at Albert Park this weekend. The weather is ripe. I love it. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good, Tanner. Thanks Thanks for leading us there. The, you, you know anything? Is tire degradation going to be an issue? What That might not play into weather at all. So it is. It shouldn't involve weather here. It's not going to be incredibly hot there. So the, the temperature should be pretty average. I don't expect to see another three stopper. I think that's something that we should be able to see in the past, just with all of these weird races so far. Uh, two stopper, one stopper is probably what we're going to see. If I'm not mistaken, they race 58 laps here in Australia. So again, it's, it's another one of those relatively long tracks. Again, they would, or one thing to add and note, that they is that they've updated Albert Park from what it's been in the past to make it a little bit more racy, 
allow for a lot more overtakes. Daniel Ricardo is one guy who's had a lot of input into what they've done uh, to the track over the last couple of years. And so I know he's really excited about the potential for racing that we're going to see here this weekend. But with the elimination of some of those chicanes, maybe a little bit of the turns, uh, we shouldn't see as many, I guess, flat spots hitting these tires and a potential lockup, and we shouldn't see as much tire degradation. Uh, so somebody might be able to, to grab a good time at the end or a good result pulling a one-stopper. Interesting. 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 I, Thanks for that. Yeah. I do have a question for you guys, though, about tires this season. So as we know, there's new regulation to where you can pick whatever tire you want to start on at the start of the race. And I believe last year it's whatever tire was from Q2 that you put your best lap in, you know, that's what you were Mm going to start on the next day, which definitely influenced, you know, what, how people approached qualifying last year. And this year it's definitely changed that approach for everyone just go on the softest tire as need be. And how do you guys feel about that? Are you happy with the free choice that the teams are getting or are you, do you, do you like it last year where there was more, I guess, more of a chess game between the two days? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. Uh, Tanner so so first of all so that using the tire from Q2 that rule was only applied for cars that made it into Q3 so what that rule was kind of aimed at was was inhibiting the the top teams from really being able to start on softs and extend their lead so quickly what it ended up being was really harming the cars that would finish in ninth or 10th that maybe weren't usually likely to make it into Q3, but put on soft tires in Q2 in order to make it into Q3. And so then them starting with softs in the race made them kind of more limited into their pit strategy throughout the whole race where cars starting in 10th or 11th or 12th might be able to start on mediums, go longer, go shorter, had a, had a lot more flexibility there. So taking away the rule, I'm a big fan of because I think it increases the, the kind of decision-making process, the competitiveness, all of that between the midfield cars for those kind of just in points positions. So I'm a big fan of the change. I, I think it's a small one considering all of that, but I think for teams that are battling for those P4, P5, P6 spots throughout the whole season, I think that's going to be really big for them come, come the end of it. Right. Yeah. And I think one thing to note with it is Noah's kind of on the ball. It's making the midfield battle more fun to watch because they're none of those teams have to be inhibited by what they choose in Q2 anymore. And so from that aspect, because my favorite part about the sport is watching the midfield battle. I don't like watching for the victories most of the time because it's usually not super interesting. So I love watching the midfield battle. So with that, I guess I like the change. I don't know. It's a little tough because it's definitely not having any effect. Like we still see Charles Leclerc, Max Verstappen, Carlos Sainz, Sergio Perez, all pulling way out in front of the rest of the cars in these races. And that's not going to change anytime soon. And that's just the nature of cars being faster than other cars. It has nothing to do with tires. So there's not much you can do there. Um, I guess I like the change. I, I'm kind of neutral about it, to be honest. Um, I, I did like the idea of the chess match. I thought that was fun and exciting and, uh, and something you had to think about. But Noah's definitely got a point where it's going to increase a lot of competition in the midfield now. Yeah, I think it no. kind of depends... I think it kind of depends on how you look at qualifying, right? As far as from the chess match perspective, I think it's fun when you think about it in that, that perspective. But if you, if you frame it in that you should be celebrating making it into Q3, I think you should be celebrating it. And, and, and some teams might, might be ruining the fact that they would make it into Q3 with the old rule since they, they then were locked into that specific tire. So I'm a fan of it. I understand why people aren't, but I think, I think it'll help in the long run. No, I'd, I'd probably agree with uh, Tanner, agree with both of you. I'm pretty neutral on it, I would say. Noah, you made some really good points there about how uh, the chess match, you know, while it was interesting, it definitely did hurt some teams at times at the start of a race. 
But then I also think about it in another light when we get to races such as Monaco, as everyone knows, the majority of that racing truly is on Saturday in the qualifying, you know, in that chess match, just by nature of it being, you know, not as much of a, of a true racing Sunday track as far as passing each other and as far as DRS zones and ghosts and things like that. So just some things to keep in mind. I do like though, you know, still with the pit stops and some other things in the sport, we still do keep kind of a chess like between the different teams and drivers, which is something I never want to see formula one lose. Cause as much as I love that the cars can go 200 miles an hour down a straight break real slow into a turn and then shoot off again, it's beautiful. I also like the strategy that is involved in this sport. Uh, It's really fun for me to enjoy as a fan. And I don't think it's uh, too complex for anyone to really understand or or get a handle on. Yeah, I agree. Glad, glad you got, glad we got to talk about that. I mean, tire management is a fun topic for me. Uh, It sounds super, super lame to be honest, but it's, it's definitely something that I'm really interested in uh, for these races. We, we, I think we need to do some at-home chemistry tests on rubber to, to really nail down these tire degradation questions. Yeah. You know? uh, get, some, get, some Pire- get some Pirelli rubber. No, no, it's not, it's not physics. It's got to be chemistry, right? I, I get, get some Pirelli rubber, put it in different test environments. Let's, sim- let's simulate kind of a, a, a Middle Eastern Jetta dry heat maybe. Uh, environment and and then we can simulate and all, all these different types of weather environments and, and see test on on this rubber of course yeah. i'm joking i'm, I'm, you, not, you I'm can, not actually going to do this but you, you can take listen, your y'all. pirelli tire compound into valtteri botas's sauna and see what it's like to rate in a hot race in a hot wet race you hey, have fun that's that, that's right? interlagos at brazil right there there you that, go <laughs> hey i'm i'm all i'm all for the creativity that's great and uh, for any for any listener out there who hasn't been familiar with some of the terms we've been throwing around casually, such as Q3, Q2, tire degradation, you know, DRS, chicane, all these different little things, we will be doing kind of an F1 for beginners, shall we say, sometime in the near future. So definitely keep an eye out for that, where we'll go through and try to break down the sport into as plain terms as we can, which is how we came to understand the sport and hopefully try to make something that seems complex, simple for everyone so we can enjoy this sport on the weekends. But moving on, I think it's time for us to get into some betting this week. We're looking at things pretty early, right? It's the Monday of a race week. We're like six days out from the race. So I don't have all the odds, all my different options when it comes to betting the Grand Prix in Australia. But before we get into this race, now that we're two races into the entire season, I think it's time to look at some outrights, okay? I want to look at some championship odds. I know it's early, but this is where you're going to make your money, right? You got to take advantage of these books. We already have some tape, as we say, on these drivers and on these cars. So we know what they can do and what they can perform. There'll be some changes, but with some luck, we may be able to take advantage and make some money. So first, taking a look at the F1 Drivers' Championship already. Who do we think will be hosting the trophy come the end of the season as a driver? We saw Max win his first one last year. And you know what? He's the favorite right now. Still, even though he's third in standings and he's 20 points behind Charles Leclerc, he's favored at minus 115. And that's not something I want to bet. Even if I do think Max, you know, is still the star, kind of the man to beat. I don't know. He's not the one I want to bet. I want to go with Charles Leclerc, the man in first, the man who is 20 points above Max Verstappen right now. He has the fastest car on the grid. He's beating his teammate by seconds, many seconds each race, as Noah has pointed out every race review. Charles Leclerc, F1 driver champion, plus 155 currently, and he has a 20-point lead. I think those are pretty good odds. If you go anything outside of that, you start to get into the plus thousands, which we don't want to touch. But what do you guys think of that? A plus 155 for Charles Leclerc? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, 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 those are respectable odds. You know, I, th- I think, like you said, I wouldn't want to take a futures bet with this much time left in the season at minus odds for Max Verstappen. I think that's just not 
not worth your money, really. There are a lot of other bets that you should be using that for. Maybe maybe wait till Max slips uh, out of that out of those minus odds if you really think he's going to win. But I mean, for my guy Charles Leclerc at plus one fifty five, yeah, I mean, I, of course, I yeah, I put a few dollars on that. Uh, I, I I don't think it'll get any any better than that, really, especially with how competitive Ferrari are. I I, I don't think that it'll fall under plus two hundred. So. I, I think I'd I'd rather jump on that now before it potentially goes goes lower than that. So yeah, I, I think I think those are decent odds. Of course, I'm a little biased. I, I think he's going to keep driving like mad. I think he'll do great at those tracks like Monaco, where it's kind of a Saturday event because he is a pretty strong qualifier. So I I I, I think that's a decent bet. I, I like it. Tanner, what do you think? Yeah, plus 155 are pretty great odds uh, for Charles right now, just considering where he is right now and and how good he's been. Um, There's no reason to doubt him at all. Other than the fact that Max Verstappen's a great driver. Noah, you're probably right in saying that this is the best it's going to get for Charles, at least if he's going to win. I mean, obviously, if if anything drastic happens, it's going to drop way off and it's not even going to be something that we're talking about. Um, but as everything looks right now with the two horse race between Ferrari and Red Bull, arguably just a two horse race between Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen plus 155 is are pretty good odds. Personally, I still think Max Verstappen is going to come out with the championship, uh, just have too much faith in him as a driver right now for him to cough it up. But that said, um, we might that this is probably the best we're going to see odds for Charles. And I wouldn't be shocked if we saw better odds for Max down the road, uh, potentially after this race, if he doesn't get the victory here. Yeah, that's a good point. Definitely something to keep an eye on is how are Max's odds going to change? You know, if, if Charles does maybe go on a bit of a run at all and gets two, three wins in a row, does that make Max now more favorable when we're talking odds and betting and how to make the most money? But that was fun. We can talk about constructors briefly. I don't want to take a huge dive into it, shall we say, just because the odds aren't really fun, but might as well touch on them. Ferrari is the favorite as they do have a pretty sizable lead of, I believe, 40 points on Mercedes, who's in second. You have Ferrari minus 135. Red Bull is at plus 130. So if you want to take, you know, a waiver on them, you think they're going to make up that ground that they lost from the first race and end up winning the constructors as well. I would do that. And as the dark horse, the really only dark horse that I think would have a chance, and it's very much a dark horse outside chance is Mercedes at plus 750. We've seen George look good through the first two races. If he can keep that composure and Mercedes can step it up a notch with some improvements, we know Lewis will perform well if they get the right car under him with the right improvements. That's a fun long shot. I'm definitely not endorsing a Mercedes bet, but I think that's the belief you have with if you're taking a plus 750 at this point in the year with them. But unless you guys have any notes to add there, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the Australian Grand Prix, the topic of the podcast. And first off, let's start, let's start with a podium. So as we talked earlier in our two truths and a lie, I think Tanner had told us that Hamilton had six poles here or he had the last six or something like that. Last six. And I'm seeing that he's had eight poles total here. If that number is right, which is pretty good. And I know you guys have said the track has changed a bit and whatnot, but we've had a week off. Maybe Mercedes has made some improvements. And I think he has pretty decent odds to get on podium this weekend at plus 300. I do understand we have a two horse race, but anything can happen, an incident. And also we do realize that a familiarity with the track does make a big difference. You know, we saw Kevin Magnuson struggle a bit in Jeddah, not having that familiarity. And I think this is maybe where it steps up for Hamilton with having familiarity at Albert Park and having success here previously. What do you guys think of Lewis for podium plus 300? I'll start with you, Tanner. I I think it's something you have to be cautious about, but at the same time, it's something that makes a lot of sense, right? We've seen Lewis do a lot of really good things here. That said, we haven't seen him do a lot of great things on, on race day. We've seen him get pulls tons of times, 
but in those six polls that he got in the row, he only had one victory, uh, getting beat out by Sebastian Vettel a couple of times, Nico Rosberg once, Valtteri Botas was the last winner here in 2019. And so that's not to say I don't expect good things out of Lewis this week. I think he's going to come back hungry from his borderline disaster show in Jeddah, but it's good value. Plus 300 is good value. We might see something at the top between the top teams. We haven't seen a ton of Ferrari issues so far. Who knows when those might start, whether that's reliability or if it's actually, you know, getting in a race or something like that, that might happen one of these days. So it's something you have to consider and plus 300 odds for a guy like Lewis Hamilton for getting a podium is something that's pretty enticing. I'm not a hundred percent on it, but I like it. If that makes sense. Well, I'm very optimistic about Lewis this weekend. I, I actually love those odds. I think plus 300 is awesome value for a guy who's great at qualifying here. He can really put in that single lap time. I, I think that's a pretty great opportunity for you to bet on Lewis to finish high this race. So I don't want to jump into my podium predictions, but it may have a, a feature of Lewis Hamilton. So I like the plus 300. I think there's a chance that there there's some action at the top between Red Bull and Ferrari cars, but I, I like Lewis. I think it's, it's worth including in a bet, especially knowing that, you know, he's been a little underwhelming so far this year, and he's not an underwhelming driver. Lightning will strike for him, and I'm betting that it's this weekend with Mercedes having a week to figure some stuff out, and I think they get it right this week. Yeah, no, and let me uh, let me throw kind of my backing behind it with two points. I don't know if I want to go all in, but one stems from stuff Tanner talked about during his time. And that's as far as, you know, the Ferrari hasn't had bad luck. The Mercedes have had bad luck. You know, all these other different engines have had bad luck, but not Ferrari. So whether that's crashing, whether that's a reliability issue, a pit stop error, we do see even the teams at the top have issues at some point. So there's that. And the second point is if Mercedes have made some slight improvement just with having an extra week off, or if anything has changed with, you know, Lewis's mindset or he's ready to step it up after a Jetta and maybe he just had to warm up after the first two races who knows if we'll be getting these plus 300 odds again in the near future I'm not saying he's gonna step it up but if he does you're gonna miss out on this chance you know at plus 300 for him so that's my reasoning for going with him the four guys in front of him all race for Red Bull and Ferrari and that may not be the place we want to go with shall we say Nothing too enticing about minus 300 odds. But looking forward to who's going to win the race this weekend. Again, don't have a lot of options on what to bet on when we're this early in the week. But our two guys that we've seen win the races and compete for first at the start of the season are Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc. And I'm not even going to go in with the recommendation. I just want to ask, who do you guys like? Max is the favorite at plus 115. But then we do have Charles Leclerc at plus 145. Between those two, Tanner, what do you like? I like Charles Leclerc. I think Melbourne is a – Albert Park specifically is a pretty generic track. I don't think there's a ton to it that's going to detract from the best cars putting in the best results. And I think Ferrari have the best cars, and I think Charles Leclerc is a strong enough driver to put that on to put that car at the top this week. And so I'm probably more enthusiastic about him than I am about Verstappen. And I'm honestly not sure Red Bull's gonna do crazy great here. Maybe I'm way off base, but I think this is a track where again, I'm gonna say it again and again and again. I think the best cars do the best here, and I think that. Ferrari might just prove that this weekend. So it'll be interesting. Uh, but I, I have my money if on if between those two, I have it on Charles Leclerc. Yeah. And on, on that, I mean, you, you mentioned how the best cars do the, the best at Albert Park. And I, I think it, it does kind of favor these kind of low to medium speed corners. And, and that kind of plays more into Ferrari's build than it does Red Bulls. Red, Red Bulls like, 
like the fast corners. They like the long straights more than the Ferraris do. And so I, I, I'm going to lean towards my boy here and Charles Leclerc. I think you get more money for that bet. And I also think that Charles Leclerc is more likely to win here. So that's where my bet goes. Lance, what were you thinking in that? I know you posed the question. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate the, the question. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Verstappen. Well, let me say this. I'm not going to go with Verstappen. I'll go with Charles and Leclerc because of the odds. Because when I think about these two drivers, I think it's kind of a coin flip when we're looking out towards the weekend, you know, almost a full week in advance on what we think is going to happen. I think it's 50-50, but with Charles Leclerc, you know, for every $100, I'm, I think I'm making 35 or 30, $30 more. So I'm going to go with him because he has, you know, the better odds, the better chance to make money. But that doesn't change the fact that I do think Verstappen is going to probably win the race or at least going to have a very strong race. And that is where my mind is at. I get the points about the stronger car. I just, I don't know. I'm a Max is really good racer and he's not someone I like to bet against during these times right now, especially you know, we saw it last year, and I think even the year before that, he gets more comfortable as the race goes on. And almost like he slowly heats up, almost like boiling water, before he just kind of rattles some off. And maybe we're too early in the year, you know, it's still just the first week of April. But I think there is going to come a time this year where he does win, you know, a few straight in a row. And maybe it comes early by winning the second and third race of the season. I don't know. We'll see, though. So all that said, I don't know if we have a bet of the week. If anything came out too strong, we are doing this a bit early. We don't know the odds on anything, though, as far as a top 10 finish or a points finish or a top six finish. Are there any names you guys want to throw out there that we don't necessarily know the odds on? But maybe, you know, I heard some things. I'll throw it to you, Tanner. Yeah, I have two big points I want to hit on. Uh, Number one is one that I mentioned earlier. Kevin Magnuson is strong here. He puts in solid results no matter what car he's in, uh, just racing with McLaren, Renault, and Haas throughout his Formula One career. Uh, So when he's not having to retire due to car issues here, he is putting in some strong results. You heard P2 earlier in 2014 that your your ears did not deceive you. That's something that I do feel pretty strongly about. I'm not sure if I want to put him in that top six consideration, but it's definitely up there. It's not something I would put out of mind. Uh, A couple of other names I want to talk about. Valtteri Botas was the last winner here. We won't see a rainy race this weekend. And so, you know, when I thought there was going to be rain and I wasn't confident about Valtteri Botas, but now I don't think (laughs) we're going to see rain. And now I'm confident (laughs) about Valtteri Botas. So it's a, it's a whole spectrum of emotions for me right now with, with Botas, but uh, since the, I don't think we're going to see any rain, he is a guy that I'm confident in for this race. And then the last thing I want to hit on is McLaren. Um, we, we've we heard some interesting comments from the, both of their drivers since the race in Jeddah. We've heard some very, very negative things about the car come out of Lando Norris, kind of saying that McLaren's way behind the pack and he doesn't expect any good things coming up soon. More recently, we heard Daniel Ricardo trying to be a little bit more optimistic with the outcome of the car. But the one thing that he did say that spoke to me a little bit was that the team was going to consider it a huge victory to finish in the points in any race going forward. And so that's not something that sparks a ton of optimism for me. And so McLaren's probably not a team. And those two drivers are probably not two drivers that I'm going to put my money on for this weekend. Yeah, I think on that, I think I, I like the Valtteri Bottas top six. I like that action. I also think building on Alfa Romeo, I think I think I would put money on Joe Guan Yu getting his first points. Second points this, this weekend. Second points? Did he score points his first week? Well, I, I think I'll, I think I'll put money on, on him scoring points again. I think he'll probably have plus odds to, to score points in that top 10 most likely. So I think that'd be pretty good value, especially knowing that Alfa Romeo may be good here. So I like that, bet. I, I, yeah, I don't know about McLaren. I, I, I don't know that I feel as confident about a McLaren scoring points, even as I do Joe Guan Yu, but maybe we also see a Mick Schumacher first points appearance. I think that'd be a fun one. You know, he's had pretty bad luck. Maybe he stays clean this race and and manages to score in the points that that might be decent value as well 
Yeah, no, I like I like both of those. One other I'll throw out, you know, just always got to keep an eye on Alpine since they've proved to be strong through the first two races. You know, I don't know what their odds will be around the points, but you got to imagine they're going to be probably right around the eighth best points, you know, maybe somewhere in that realm. But teams that we have talked about and a name I will throw out is going to be Checo, Sergio Perez. Now, he kind of had a comment, I think, this past week that if Red Bull, specifically him, hasn't had bad luck, he would be in the running for leading the World Driver Championship, if you think about it, right? He would be on the cusp of it if he hadn't had a reliability issue, if he hadn't had some bad luck with some yellow flags and some crashes. You know, who knows what would have happened at Jeddah? Possibly a first there, a fourth in the first race. It puts him in pretty good standings and compared to the other drivers. So if he can get by and avoid some bad luck for three straight races, maybe we're talking about a Checo podium. That's all I'm saying. He's always going to have, you know, kind of some outside odds on that. So there's always going to be probably money to make on him. I don't want to throw his name out there every week, but just a guy to always kind of consider in the back of your mind because we can expect him to see on the podium multiple times this season and definitely want to be able to capitalize on that when it happens. But as we wrap up our conversation about betting and some other names we may like, and I'm just talking about podium with Checo, let's, let's get into our podium predictions this weekend for the Australian Grand Prix. Which one of you want to kick us off with who you think is going to be up there celebrating with the champagne this weekend? So I'll, I'll kick us off. I, I kind of spoiled this a little bit when we were talking about our potential race winners, but I think our podium this weekend is going to be one in a different order than what we've seen so far. I think we're going to get in third place, we're going to get one Max Verstappen. And I think he's going to get outclassed by the Ferrari car this weekend. And I think we're going to see Carlos Sainz in P2 and Charles Leclerc in P1. It's not a, it's not a sexy podium considering those are all, you know, pretty tame, uh, pretty tame choices, but I think that's what I expect to see. I wouldn't be shocked to see a Mercedes up there with the two week break starting to get in the, the conversation a little bit more than they have been in the first two races, but I do expect Ferrari to excel and I don't expect Max Verstappen to drop off a cliff. That's fair. That's fair. This, this could be the first weekend where we have very different podiums. My podium, I guess it's not that different. I, uh, it's actually more similar than I thought now that I'm looking at it. But my, my podium in P3, I have Lewis Hamilton. Like I said, I think he'll podium. I don't know if Mercedes will make a huge jump for him to finish P2 or P1. Kind of, kind of waffled on P2 or P3 for him. So I, I, I put him P3. And then like you, Tanner, I also had Carlos Sainz P2 and Charles Leclerc P1. So I guess it's pretty similar. But I, I expect Lance to have some Red Bulls in here because <laughs> for, for none of us to have any Red Bulls on the podium, I would, I would be pretty third. wild. I had Max third. Oh, I guess you did. That's fair. Well, I do have something a bit different. I know we have the Ferrari and we have the Red Bull up top. So maybe predict the bad luck, throw out some fun names onto the podium and just have some fun with this segment. So starting out in third place, we have George Russell on the podium. We saw how great he did in Jeddah. And I think that really built some confidence for him to have a truly solid race. I believe starting in P5 and eventually or P6 and finishing the race in P5 putting in a solid performance in the first race in P4. Could you have really expected or asked for a better start, especially given the car that he has? He's currently six points ahead of Lewis Hamilton in the standings. I think he has the car underway. He's feeling confident. This is the week for him. Then we get into some of our regulars. We're going to go with Charles Leclerc on the podium, sitting in P2 yet again. Editor Tanner here. We lost a little bit of the recording due to some technical issues, but Lance had Charles P2 due to the expectation that Ferrari might see a little bit of a drop-off coming into Melbourne, maybe finally catching up to some of those problems that have plagued Mercedes and Red Bull. Let's get back to the podcast. Lance, I believe I believe that quote was from Mattia Bonotto, his, his team principal. There you go. So exactly. He's on a he's, he's Charles Leclerc 2.0. 
but I think he's going to no, be in P2. Actually, no, it was Gunther Steiner. I okay. think it was Gunther Steiner. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Ferrari engine, right? Supporting a Ferrari team. Sure. And then finally, I'm going to go with Max Verstappen in my P1, the man to beat. You know, I, I don't know if I've had in P1 in all three races to start this season. I don't think so. And I'm not necessarily even a big fan of his, but he is great. And I see him possibly having some great speed at this track as they've tried to make it more competitive. And who knows, maybe, maybe Ricardo kind of gave his old teammate some tips about the new design to the track saying, Hey, maybe, maybe do this on this turn, take this advantage, go down and left instead of the right because of this on the side. I don't really know, but Russell P3, Charles P2, Max P1. It will be interesting it sounds like you guys are really thinking Ferrari is going to have a great time. Maybe we see a Mercedes sneak in. Y'all got to keep track of this. I, I, I was counting it there. We got five different potential podium placements between the three of us. Could be three completely different people. I, I, I want to track it week to week. When do we get to the maximum? Do we ever hit nine? <laughs> Obviously, we won't ever hit nine. <laughs> but but do we ever get more than six? I think seven different people. That that would that would really be us kind of swinging for the fences there. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. One of these days, uh, we'll throw out a really hot take on a podium but we're going to sell it. Like it's something that we truly believe in. Like I'm going to throw out Fernando Alonso on a podium on one of these podium predictions and it's kind of come out of left field, but I'm going to be into it. And so all you fans out there are going to believe that I'm just an idiot. And so when my, but prediction, you can't oversell it. No, but when my prediction comes faking. through, no, no, I, I'll be, I'll be chill. I'll be relaxed. I'll be got it. You just got to be confident. Don't oversell it. You know, just, just confident. All right. Like I have with Russell. I'm just confident. He's done good the I first two weeks of the pick. season. And he's he's feeling great. I'm excited to see him up there in the Mercedes. And I think Lewis would be stoked to see him up there too. I think it would be great for the team and a great way to continue to move forward. You know, as they've kind of struggled at the start, shall we say, compared to their counterparts in Ferrari and Red Bull. I'm jealous of that George Russell pick. I wish I made that George Russell pick. I, yeah, y'all didn't see me because because it's only audio, but we're on camera here, and I was muting myself. I was chanting George Russell, George Russell, <laughs> while Lance was talking. I thought he, I thought he was prepping himself to present George Russell as a podium finisher, and and uh, and needless to say, Tanner cracked up watching me react like that. So so uh, I like the pick. I don't know if I'll ever have anyone too crazy at one or two. I hate to say that I may have Max. And Charles there most of the time. But, you know, you can always count on me for maybe a sweet P3 with a guy like Checo, George, Lewis. Maybe I start branching out in some races and getting down to a Haas or an Alpine. But anyway, I want to toss it to you guys. Any closing thoughts? We've been away from the track for a week. What do you have to say? Noah, you're going to be missing the race. Or not the race, but you're going to be missing the race review episode. So definitely give us your thoughts before going. I will. I will. We're back. We're racing. We had a bye week. We're excited for this. I think this is going to set the tone until this race will set the tone until the summer break. I think this is a, it, it, it seemed like a longer break. Most bye weeks won't feel this long, but since we just kicked off the year, I think this one felt extra long. And so I think it's a, it's a big race coming up. I think we'll see more separation between some teams. I think we'll have some more answers on as to whether teams like McLaren have figured out their issues, whether Mercedes has figured out their porpoising issue. It, it's it's going to be pretty telling. I think, I think a week can do a lot for a team that has, has this much at their disposal. So I'm excited. I think I'm going to be ready to overreact to, uh, to, to whatever happens. So, so I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to listening to you guys react to it in, in the episode. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for it all too. I'm excited to see how that turns out without, without our fearless leader, Noah, with all of that, you know, I'm doing you big justice. Noah. I'm, you should be flat. Fearless leader. What is that? <laughs> it's, it's words, words and words and ideas. Noah, we will miss you, but 
you know, hopefully we can do you justice and you can enjoy listening to a podcast without having to hear your own voice. I don't know if I'm quite used to hearing my voice whenever I listen back to some of these episodes. This has been really fun talking about a track again, talking about a Grand Prix. We're excited to see what happens here in Australia. If you guys do have any free time and want to check out some of our other episodes after listening to this one, during the bye week, we did record a podcast with one of our old dear friends, Mitchell Shirley, friend of the pod, old college roommate. Check that out. We got into the Haas Renaissance. You heard it here first. We coined it. A Haas Renaissance is taking place. Get on board before it's too late. TM, that's all I want to say. (laughs) Trademark, baby. (laughs) There you go. It's a wheel trademark. Widow Wheel trademark, the Haas Renaissance. We also get into some AlphaTauri stuff. And we also maybe have a little side conversation about are there more eyeballs or tires in the world? Just check it out if you want to hear that answer. But as always, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Word of mouth. Post about it on social media. Tell your friends to listen to it. Talk about the segments and argue over it. It's a great time. Leave a rating and review. And to catch all the latest from us, follow us on Twitter at F1 Wheel to Wheel. Thanks again. And that's the checkered flag for today. We'll see you next time on the Wheel to Wheel F1 podcast.